Can you guys hear me? Yo. Yeah. Oh, there he is. What's up, man? Uh, to leave my office, I got a gym next door, and they had one of those real fucking classes going on. Uh, well, at least you have an excuse for being late. It's better than just uh, yeah, up. I know. So now I'm in my back. Now I'm in my backyard, just chilling. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. No man. pugs, no nothing. How's it going, you guys? Look how look how tanned you are. Looks good. I know, dude. It's changed here. It's <laughs> it's getting warm. It's gonna be like ninety here today. I know. I it's uh, summertime. In, in, I haven't seen you guys in ten days. I'm frothing to get back there. Fuck yesterday, man. Oh, it was unreal. Your connection. It was, good. It was shit. Fun. Can you hear us, Christian? All right, dude. Word. Well, here we go. It's another mediocre foil cast. <laughs> It's uh, what's today? Today's Tuesday, May 9th. Um, I'm sitting here in my shop in North Charleston. And Nick, where are you at? I'm in my house. It's delightful in my home office. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> and we got a guest. You can hear him in the background. We got Christian Liebach. Is that how you say your last name, Christian? That, that's it. It's good enough, man. I know we got by Huli. Huli, Huli Man. Got yeah, Huli on the line. Nice. It's, it's way it's way easier than Schleibach. You know what I mean? Schleibach. I like Schleibach. Um, welcome to the podcast, yeah, dude. Man. Yeah, you you're high. Oh, thanks, man. I've been it's trying been... to get you on, dude. Super stoked to have you on, yeah, man. I've you been, are been... you're you're a a fountain of stoke. So always oh, always I'm excited. I, I try to keep it going. Try to keep it going with you fellas. I mean, you guys, like, I get your text every day of, like, hey, what's going on? And I was like, I got to leave this text chain. And then I'm like, no way. Is this <laughs> much stoke down in South Carolina? <laughs> yeah, so Christian's one of our main know, guys. Makes... He's on our main thread, but he's he's only part-time here or half-time. Um, so, Christian, you spend, like, would you say half-time here and half-time up Rhode Island? Yeah, I'm trying to work that out. I mean, I'm in Newport, Rhode Island right now. And then um, I we I spend my summers up here because I have a sailbag company that I make sailbags for the yachting industry here in Newport. And then, um, um, uh, you know, we get we wind down our season in December. And then uh, we have a house down there near Folly Beach. And then we come down and that's when I get to hang out with you guys. Nice. Yeah, we're and stoked then, when you're here. Yeah, so I would say more. it's not it's not it's 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 not quite fifty fifty, but it's close. And we we're working on that, yeah. you know, because it'll be ideal if I could get back here like end of May. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good time to get the hell out of here too. That's when it starts to get actually miserable. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. like on the twenty on the twenty fifth for like four or five days, so I'll be able to shred with you guys again. Oh, cool. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, the winging's starting to happen for me. I'm super stoked. I couldn't even sleep last night, man. I was so fucking stoked. <laughs> I know. Once it sets in, it's crazy. It just like once you get the once you get the hang of that and you feel like everything starts to come together and the glides of that foil on those waves on the outer you know, in the outer bars over there, it's unbelievable. It's all about surfing and finding that next little bump. You know, it's so good, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And yesterday was the first time that I was really feeling like comfortable riding to where I could like, like Chris and I were actually talking to each other as we went by. And, you know, I've spent tons of time on foil proning and feel super comfortable. But it was the first time with all that shit strapped to me and the bigness of it you know it's all that port is so huge and you get going i'm surprised how fast you can get going on uh those open ocean bumps oh yeah and you're still on that 120 and so you're just slipping and sliding down the line well i'm on the 170 actually so i'm I'm pretty afraid to be on the 120 um yeah that's a different animal (laughs) yeah but anyway let's back up a little bit so christian we know we know that you're from south africa obviously um because your accent but that's kind of all i know about you like tell us a little more when did you come to the states and um how did you come here and what your parents do stuff like that just uh so quick shorter version i mean i could go on for days about this but we'll just keep it down to five minutes um so i I came, I came here in the early 90s. Um, I was down in Antigua 
Um, my aunt had a big sail making business down there and a crew agency. And um, she was like, hey, listen, I think I just got off a boat um, in San Diego. Or was that before that? So you crewing? Uh, I don't know. You were so, working on boats as crew? I, yeah, I was a decky. I was a yachty. Um, and then she put me on this boat that was coming to Newport, Rhode Island. And I really didn't want to go there because Antigua Race Week was happening. And I was like, oh, the race week's happening. And this boat's leaving a week before to go to Newport, Rhode Island. I didn't even have a visa. They were like, don't worry about it. I, I went to this job interview with like no ambition. I was like, I don't want this. So I said, I've got three surfboards, two bicycles. I need I need a mega yacht to transport my shit. Um, and, they were like, <laughs> and they were like, don't worry. The boat's 140 feet long. It's got a 200 foot mast. And we've got the paint lock here. You can store everything in. I was like, oh, no oh, way. Shit. Yeah, what oh, other shit. excuses you got, mate? <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. So they took me on. They went to, they flew to Barbados and got me a visa in a day. And I was like, oh, the other thing was like, I, I don't have a visa. It's like, we'll get you one. And I was like, okay. Um, so then I sailed into Newport, Rhode Island in uh, uh, April 15th of 1991. Wow. And um, came into this little <sighs> town, had like two t shirts, two ripped pairs of board shorts, a pair of flip flops, and like $300. You know what I mean? And I was on the biggest boat in the world, sailboat. And I was like, dude, I'm going places, man. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I rocked up in Newport, Rhode Island. And like, uh, I was like, wow, this is a great little town. This is cool. Like, you know, it was cold. Spring had just sprung and things were happening. And then like that's, you know, I was working on the boat, grinding it out. And I was really into like mountain biking at the time. So I was like fit as a fiddle, like bombing back and forth. Um, and then that hurricane season hit and um, then we have two points here, Ruggles and then um, Tucker Manav. And these points started firing and I was like, wow, this place has such an amazing wave potential and it's great. And so I ended up just kind of like jumping ship at the end of that season. I met a girl at a bar downtown um, and uh, who became my business partner for 15 years. Um, when we built the sailback business. Um, and so I basically like, you know, love Newport, Rhode Island. I love the little town of it, the community. I love the surf. I love, this is pre kiteboarding and all that kind of stuff. There are a bunch yeah, of guys yeah. windsurfing down, down at the beach and so on and so forth. And then, um, fast forward a few years, we started the sailback business and, you know, it was also, oh, actually we went out to San Diego for a minute. I was in San Diego for four years and then came back, um, started the bag company in a garage, single car garage in Mission Beach in San Diego, and then came back to Newport because this is where the market was. We opened up a retail store with like the last like thousand dollars we had. Wow. Um, oh, and, shit. you know, and then that's, and it took off from there and, and literally been building the same sale bags for 27 years now, have lived in Newport for um, going on, I don't know, 28 years now. Um, and it's been great. And like, you know, fast forward all that stuff. Um, that partner is now since gone. Then I married my wife, Erin, who was a local bartender down at the bars here. And I used to like check her out every summer. I was like, wow, listen, what's going on? And she just didn't want anything to do with me. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and then finally, like we, 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 we hooked up, you know, we all had some growing up to do. Um, and now she runs the back end, the front end of the shop. She runs the retail. We had we had three or four stores at one point, and now we're back down to one for the sale bags. Um, so fast forward a couple more years, 2000 hit around, and there's this guy who you know, his name is Matt Nuzo, who owns Real Kiteboarding, was living in town. And uh, him and I, um, you know, he, he worked across the street for SignMaker, and, uh, you know, we became friends surfing and so on and so forth. And then I went to Maui one year and I came back and I said, Hey dude, I saw this thing. It's called kite surfing. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, yeah, dude, don't worry about it. I'm a windsurfer. That stuff's not going anywhere. So real quick, like back then you were just surfing and yep. sailboat racing, right? That's it. Surfing and <laughs> sailboat racing and chilling out and having a good time in Newport and trying to build a business, which we started in 1996. So, 
you know, I got here in 91, 92, and then 90. So I lived in San Diego for those four years and then yeah. came back here in 96. So, um, so what year was that Maui trip though? Because like, like I'm trying to place this in like, like the evolution of Maui, Maui trip was 1999. Holy shit. Oh yeah. That's okay. early days of kiteboarding. Like, oh, it's it's the it's the day I went into this Maui sports shop and they had like a Whippaker and a Nash and they had like Jesus. a six meter on those two line things and um and I was like you know Death what, this is, yeah this is it and they're like well where you? I said to the guy I remember the shop he says well where are you going to be doing this I said Newport Rhode Island he says how much wind is there and he goes uh I don't know maybe I don't know I didn't really pay attention to the wind but I know the sea breeze kicked in and I was like ah uh, maybe 20 he goes oh you need a four meter <laughs> <laughs> so you, you need a four meter so i was like okay four meter yeah i don't think i'm so i didn't buy one at that shop at the time and so i got back and i literally said to matt i said dude there's this thing called kite surfing it's gonna sweep the nation dude it's gonna be amazing we gotta get into this and the face first words out of his mouth and you can listen to this it was like i'm a windsurfer i'm all set you know? <laughs> yeah 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 you know, and then I was like, uh, and then he kind of thought about it a little bit. And then he says, hey, listen, there was this guy called Trip Foreman who was the North Rep. And he would come up to Island Sports and sell windsurfing gear. And then he latched onto F1 at the time. And uh, he says, hey, man, I've got this, like, I've got these foils, like, like I'm thinking of taking on. And then Matt pretty much said to Trip, hey, listen, dude, I've got this buddy. He's going to, can we buy two? So we bought two of the original like F1 five meter and the seven meter, I think, foil kites. Yeah. And uh, and there was Matt and I in Newport Harbor in January trying oh. to figure this out. Holy shit. Like, well, and, like I, and and that's like a like 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 a non a non inflatable kite, like like a foil kite. Ram air kite, yeah. Ram air, right? Oh, Ram air wow. two line har harness hook on the line. I mean, har uh, uh, what are you windsurfing harness line yeah. on the bar? We hooked in, and I remember, dude, we went down to Fort Adams, which is this great place right here in the harbor, and the wind was pumping. And Matt and I were in our five mil suits trying to go, and his mom showed up with sandwiches, dude. It was awesome, <laughs> sandwiches and coffee. I had my little, my little uh, like fourteen foot little like Novarania dinghy with a seventy on it. And I said, dude, the only way we're going to learn this is if we send it. We got to go. We just got to go right under the bridge. Let's just go, you know. <laughs> and so, <Yeah. laughs> and so we would just do these sick downwinders. And then I, I remember Matt coming out of off of. He was hooked in, dude, and he went under water, still powered up in a loop, cycle loop, and he couldn't get unhooked. And he came up and he almost drowned. Yeah, man, that's how guys and drown. It, yeah, and he was hooked in. He says, dude, I I'm all set on this game, man. This is out of control, man. This is like, I was like, yeah, it's okay, dude. Get on the boat. You'll be fine. So two weeks later, we opened up a kite school. <laughs> Far out, man. So <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Was like January of 2000. Yeah, January of 2000. We, uh, we like, that was summer, actually. We decided we are going to open up this kite school called Sky Kite Surfing. And that whole summer, man, him and I just crushed kite lessons and we had no idea how we were doing, but we knew we were like five sessions ahead of everybody else. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, cool. And we just <laughs> we just knew we just knew what was going on, man. We were the we were it, dude. We had like John Kerry under our belt. We had like all the Boston guys come down and we had the we had my dinghy and we had I got this old beat up like sea do jet ski and so on and so forth and it was cool man we ran it for two summers up here and then he uh he wanted to go to puerto rico and then he went to puerto rico um to do the school down there and then somehow it just kind of the wheels came off between us where his focus was different mine was different and then he actually him and trip kind of got involved together um pretty heavily trip's dad actually was outside my shop doing the bermuda race here um and he said, hey, listen, Trip just got fired from North Sports because he was all like anti-windsurfing at the time. And that was pretty much what he was selling, you know, <laughs> when he came up with these stickers Sounds like windsurfing right. got can canceled and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he got, he got fired from those guys. So Trip's dad said to me, he's like, dude, Trip just got fired. What do you think he should do? And I said, dude, he should open up a kite school in Hatteras. 
you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, that's what they did. And like today, you know all about it. I mean, they run an amazing operation. Like Matt and I are still good friends. You know, he comes up to Rhode Island every now and again and we get grabbed dinner and it's cool. Nice. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing setup. So that's pretty much the start of how it all, all went yeah. with the kite thing. And then so I got involved with the kiteboarding game early days. And then, and then I was like North Sales, North Sports, um, and North Kites was the go-to brand for me that I just used to push and promote. So I've been selling this stuff for literally almost two and a half decades, you know. Um, and it's been great, you know. It's just been awesome. We had a massive shop downtown for about 10 years, um, which was like four to 5,000 squares, where we sold bikes, bikinis, paddle boards, kite boards wing boards you name it we sold everything um and then that shop pretty much got demolished about three years or four years ago um when a hotel bought the property and said hey you guys have got to go and we were like oh no. <laughs> wow really <laughs> so it was a big game change so we had to yeah. downsize um we had to downsize a lot so now we literally have my sale off where we make the bags and we have a little showroom um you know where i handpick what i want to sell to my bros pretty much <laughs> um and it's fun man it's fun yeah. dude so we we keep the bro deal alive you know as uh, much as we can so so were you ever a windsurfer back in the day no never never was a windsurfer, never was a windsurfer. holy shit tried it like actually as a kid my mom had one of the original do fours remember those things uh it was it was a windsurfer and then that do four came out with this board and she got one and i was like i we took her to a lake one time and i was like that this is not my thing man i just don't have the strength to uphold that thing and then uh one of the local shops here called island sports a couple of years back uh one of the managers there says hey dude i'm i'm dumping this windsurf you want it and i was like yeah i gotta get into this i've got to try this this is pre-winging yeah. i want to i wanted something new to do so i tried that and again i failed at it because i'm actually pretty decent at everything i do you know for a minute i'm not really good but i'm decent and i thought i can do this windsurfing thing i just couldn't you know i just couldn't get my head around it it's kind of like adam and he's winging right now i was you know? just thinking the same yeah. thing yeah. yeah yeah i just couldn't get my head around it and then and then i just carried on with the kiteboarding foiling came out you know that was a, a, a learning curve and then and then the prone thing came out for a minute you know when we had to you know, buy a, a go foil and then build your own board and then kind of like figure this out too. <laughs> and I try to like kind of figure out where the box place is going to go with these big total boxes. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it's cool. This whole evolving of the foil thing has been amazing. Like I got into it early days and then I gave up for five years because I hurt myself, you know? Well, um, it, it just ahead. evolved so fast. Like, yeah. I feel like, I feel like foiling and winging has like done in like three or four years what it took kiting two decades to do oh well i mean like if you think about technology too i mean technology is caught up anybody and their mom can like come up with a brand in a week yeah. you know they get an engineer they design the shit they ship it over to china they get prototypes in a week uh, yeah. they get everything back all of a sudden they've on the shelf taken out ads and magazines and online and instagram and all of a sudden they got pro riders team riders and like you know they're out like five hundred thousand dollars you know yeah it's um, it, it's really so fast it's um, so fast and with alibaba yeah. and all that stuff you find these manufacturers so quickly um whereas back in the day before google and all that stuff you like you had to have word of mouth hey nick like do you know a guy yeah. you know you know hey matt do you know a guy you know well, and then you save that phone number and you had a thing called a roller decks you know well that's that, yeah it's funny because that's how it was for just a, just a hot minute when it was just basically nick and i proning on folly there was no resource the resources we had were shit you know we had shops selling some gear but they didn't know what they were even selling um, no, well, there wasn't. There wasn't. There weren't any boards. There was go foil that brought out stuff. Like, and I got involved in that early days. I think I bought six foils, and I think I sold like a few guys and folly, a couple of foils, and then I bought a foil, and then I had to go buy one of those NSP like boards. One of my buddies, Mark Miedema, he's a ripping foiler, kite, whatever. He's just the man. He got me into it. Um, but he was just talented. He's also like thirty years younger than me. Um. And so he was like just making this look so amazing. I mean, he was catching like 
um, wake ferry wakes off of Block Island and stuff, and just bombing down like you know big Roro car carriers in Newport Harbor, and like getting feeling the sensation on nothing. Yeah, you know? and we were we were all trying to do this, but funny thing was was Nick Leeson from Lyft early days when they weren't even doing the e-foils. I sent him an email, and when I got involved, I started dealing in Lyft foils when they were like just really basic. And I said, hey, Nick, listen, I want you to build me an SUP with a foil box mount. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, we've never done that. And I was like, okay, well, can you just make me a mount on one of your foil, one of your paddle boards? Because they made sick race boards and stuff. You oh, know? really? Um, I didn't know that. Oh, huh. yeah. That, that, was their, that was their thing. They were really amazing um, sub SUP uh, manufacturers, uh, custom. Um, so he made me this board and I still have it in the loft today. Um, but he, we didn't know where to put the box. So we put it in the middle of the board oh. and it was just, <laughs> Oh, dude. So Jesus <laughs> yeah. How big was the board? Nine something <laughs> wow. like nine or 10 foot long. And like, uh, I got this board and I still have it in the, it was M MHL Customs, I think that was the brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and so he, he he put this thing on there, and we try to get this little foil plugged onto this thing and towed behind the boat, and nobody could do it. We were like, "This is going to kill somebody." Like, yeah. This is what was so it doing? Dangerous. I'm curious. How was it behaving? It would just buck you. Yeah, it just buck straight you. up flip you go sideways you'd fall on the thing and it was like even mark and uh will sizemore who like rip ripping guys back in the day then were like this is impossible to do i was like mark mark can you come and try this because i can't do it and he goes <laughs> okay he goes i can't do it either <laughs> was that down here or up in roadie no this is in newport harbor yeah okay you know on a, yeah. on a glassy on a glassy day so because so that we guy got sizemore he come he is that how he's connected down here through you? Yeah, I brought him down on my boat years ago when we oh, brought the Hawkins down. We, I said, hey, listen, I want to take my boat down south because I want to go to the Bahamas. This is before we even discovered um, Charleston. So we got to Charleston and we were going to park off there for like, we left here in October of, I don't know, I think it was 2012, I think it was. Um. And then I said, Will was my wingman. He was like, hey, I'll do a trip. So we came, went down the coast and surfed all on the on the eastern shore of Maryland, found these great waves, just anchored and went down. Um, and then got to Charleston and had blown the budget, the fuel budget. I'd blown like $11,000 to get down there in my boat. And I was like, uh, I said to my wife, I don't think we're going to go to the Bahamas because it's like, that would mean the round trip would be like 20, almost 30 grand. Jesus. And that was at the that, that was at the height of the fuel market when like that last big blowout we had when fuel was like six bucks at the tank. I mean on the on the pump, you know, seven dollars, yeah. eight dollars on the dock. But anyway, that's how I landed up in Charleston. I put my boat downtown. We lived on it for winter. Will stayed on it, and then one rainy day, I said to Erin, "Let's go look for some real estate." And she goes, "Why?" Yeah. And I was like, "Why not? Let's just what are we gonna do? Just yeah. let's pretend we're gonna buy a place." Well. You know, get a tour. So we we ended up down going down to see Ulf Hartwig at Folly Properties or whatever it was, and it ended up in the house we have now. We he says, oh, Aaron actually saw this little cottage on on Zillow or something, and then that's how we landed up down there, and that's how we ended up having the boat at Sunset Cay, and then and then finding the inlet. But I'll tell you what, before I even left, I would Google Earth that inlet, say, hey, this is paradise. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, it w I would see it from like above and see the shape of it because if you if we go back before I even came to America, um, I did my national service um, in the South African Navy from eighteen to twenty after I finished high school, and you're not going to believe this, but um, have you ever heard of Skeleton Bay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was stationed on that sandbar for a year and a half. Okay. Um, <laughs> with surfboards, 250,000 seals, three jackals, and skeleton bay, you know? And um, probably one of the first or second guys to ever attempt to surf it, you know what I mean? 
Um, but it had changed a lot. It wasn't as extreme then. But so I was stationed in that sandbar and I spent no time doing my job, which was a radar operator <laughs> on that on that on that point in that lighthouse where I was like just seeking out waves, chasing seals in for a swim. But so fast track to um the county park, it had a very similar feel look wise of how skeleton base setup was. So I was like oh, this, this place could go on a good swell. You know what I mean? So I'd Google Earth it and see it and check it out and say, this is where I want to be. That marina, I could put my boat there. You know what I mean? Before yeah. we even left. So it kind of like just always premeditated slightly, maybe in a dream. Um, uh, and, that's how it all, and that's how it all came together. Yeah. it's To live in Charleston. It, it, it's really interesting. I feel like there's this like intersection between like places that are like okay for water sports and have like i don't know like an economy and like a housing market and like 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 the other stuff to support Schools. like the rest of your life yeah right mm -hmm. yeah yeah like i don't know like yeah try like, to go live in avon exactly yeah. exactly like 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 yeah try to live out there it would be a nightmare right so like here we have this interesting intersection and like property was cheap for a while um mm -hmm. And like everybody got in and it was okay and like survivable for surfing and good for kiting. But like now that foiling has arrived, like it's amazing. It <laughs> it's really like is, the best place man. in the world. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like honestly, like I've had one little attempt at, at proning since I got back. Uh, Cause we just don't have the setup here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm like, look at like today I went to took my dogs for a walk early at 6 30 in the morning and like I could see there's a little swell but it's like it's the perfect size swell but it's just breaking right on the beach you know what I mean yeah. and there's no like chip shot like what you guys have down there or you know what we what, what I learned actually to do at the inlet there it's amazing you know yeah well it's it's the same phenomenon that the reason why we don't get pumping surf is you know it's <laughs> how deep is it five miles out nick here i mean it's it's like 100 it's like less than 100 feet five yeah. miles <laughs> what, what, how deep is it five miles out in in rhode island you know uh it's probably deep yeah, yeah. It's probably oh, like several thousand 68. yeah yeah it's yeah we so basically it just shuts it down there yeah but you guys have like i mean like since winging and kiteboarding or particularly winging now like i guess it's going to go to the the downwind supping because i think that's going to trend up up a little bit now um you know it's going to be a case where you guys like get those longer boards you like on a northeast day you're going to head out at the north end you're going to go two miles offshore you're going to deflate that thing you're going to either use hand paddles or a sub paddle um and just do these amazing downwind so, dude like, I, th I think we've had a change i think we're going to do the passing the baton and save ourselves the 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 misery of having to learn to sup. Are you? Well, but me and Chris so, are going to do that. Nick is just going to be doing his own but, thing. But I was thinking about it though, right? I was thinking about it yesterday, right? When I tried to like get up on my prone board winging. Oh yeah, you did. It was it was so miserable. Like right, like like my response is like like do you want to do a downwinder on that wingboard? <laughs> yeah. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Back, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up. What were you trying to do? You were oh, dude. So I, I just heard about this the other day. It makes me laugh. So basically, you and all your closest friends, probably to start just one friend, you go out in the ocean with one wing and you each are on your wing board, but you just have one inflated wing. Uh -huh. the, fir the first guy goes, gets up on wing, on foil. And this is a downwind situation. So you, you set up a shovel. Uh -huh. You, you get you up on foil thing. and you throw it. And it has an anchor. You have a leash with yeah. like a sea anchor. The other guy yeah. piles over, grabs it, gets up and goes. And then you're you're on your way downwind just riding just the board. And then when you fall, he passes it off to you and takes off. You just leave, you share the wing as you go downwind, basically. And like, Yeah, I don't think that's – I mean, I don't think that's the best idea. <laughs> Um, and just because, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just because, you know what, dude, like 
you're not always going to be on that wave. There's going to be times where you actually may fall off that wave and then you're going to need a hand paddle or a stand up paddle or a, you know, but that's what I'm saying. To... When you fall off, you just sit there and your buddy that has the wing drops it off to you. And yeah. then it's his turn to go without the Yeah, wing. but I think what I've learned from the pros out of Maui when I was there in December, I mean January, was like like a lot of the time is they they there's a lot of gap created quickly because one guy gets on foil quickly, the other guy struggles for ten minutes to get on foil and the guy's three miles away. Yeah, but if you have that's when they're just downwinding. This is when you have a yeah. wing, so you you have a capable to upwind. The the the, it's, it's like the guy with different. a wing is always in the back. He's right? always upwind. Yep. Yeah. He, mm. the, the guy with the wing is always in the back, and if somebody falls, the guy with the wing will eventually catch up and drop the wing, and then there's a new guy with the wing in the in upwind. upwind. And if he falls, if he gets downwind, he can go back upwind. It's like fundamentally different than like guys that are just downwinding prone or SUP. They don't have any ability to go back really. This guy can search around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds good. It sounds like the ultimate wingman because you're just yeah. sharing. Yeah, and like already, like I told Chris yesterday, we got northeast on Wednesday. I'm like, dude, I don't care if I do the whole downwinder being the wingman. I'll have fun. I can just support you, and I'm at a level now where I can like safely do that. You know? Yeah. Hey, this means oh, I end, see. Where you, where you have a we decoy, gotta... like you have a designated yeah. wingman who Pretty just much. goes getting yeah. getting people yeah. on foil. Hey, get going, dude. Drop it. I'll, I'll catch up. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. A, that's a, okay. Yeah. I got it now. I got okay. it. Okay. So now, now you see the passing of the baton. Christian, what do you think? Talk to me. Oh, yeah. I think, I think it could, it could be cool as long as like those drode and those anchor things actually work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you most of our I mean? days because it's fairly like, like, onshore too. Like, I think worst case, well, we're we're gonna be pretty far out. Also, yeah. Is the guy? Is the guy? Is the decoy winger? Uh, the wingman? Is he gonna be on a on a downwind board too, or on a regular um, wingding board? We're we're gonna all just be on regular wing boards, and that's the idea too. I don't I don't think I have the bandwidth for more gear right now. And I've I've literally stood on SUP for maybe ten minutes in my whole life. Fuck, those guys that are doing it are like good. Oh, okay, so you're just saying like do you do this with regular, re yeah, do it with regular gear and you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe I mean, someday we're like, doing it with sinkers. You've experienced some of those downwinders that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I think it. I think it. I think yeah. it could be cool. I was kind of like, now that I've seen the, you know, yesterday was my first day kind of out in the zone where I've been watching you guys wing. So I finally got to see what it looks like with those bumps coming in out there. Like, how does that translate to other places? Like, I know Hood River gets a, a section of the river that turns into that. Um, they call it like Swell City or something. But I wonder if it looks like that, like on the Oregon coast on the, you know, we get Northwest wind for weeks on end out there. Because I don't have much experience. Yeah, you guys, doing other that, I mean, your setup is like, well, yeah, I think you're pretty lucky about folly because it's literally, a, it, it, you got those runners, as you call them, like they, they just come out of that northeast quadrant and they just go down the bay, you know? I mean, sorry, not down the bay, down that coast. And I think that's a pretty special, like, setup that you've got going there you know and it probably it works both ways there because it also in the southwest day you could do you could do the opposite you know it's 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 a paradise well it, it doesn't run as much on the southwest days like like it does in the northeast because that kiowa shoal is so big but if you went if you went two like... miles out yeah see we don't know that nick that's what we were talking about the other day we haven't gone out there yet to see it yeah yeah you definitely yeah. haven't. Yeah. You never I, go I, I don't more than a hundred yards from the beach. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I stay right there. Well, and and you know, I don't know, Christian. You actually made me think about this the other day, um, because you you said when I was uh, proning the inlet a couple weeks ago, uh, I I had a dancy little top turn on the top of the wave, and now that I'm a year into winging, 
I'm realizing that uh, winging is just dancing with a partner. It's uh, it's it's something in my hands. You know, like I can lean against it. I can pull on it. Um, you know, like let it go, spin it around me, Oh, grab yeah. it with my backhand. It's just it, like I, that's exactly how I think about it now. It's dancing with a partner, and yeah, I I I honestly right now I'm, I'm enjoying that more than not holding a wing in my hand. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, you're definitely going to blow most people away with your skill set because you you've got you've got the dance feet, man. You've got it down, you know. I'm I, I am a dancey little person. I, Yeah, I know. I, I, I do dance, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. you got it going on. You feel the motion, you know. You feel it all like it's 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 a good little sensation there, man. I think it's cool. It's cool to watch, and you just get so stuck. But you get intense too. I mean, that's in I your do, face. yes. It's 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 on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I do. even like. There's no smiles. It's it's just you. It's, you're in the dance, dude. <laughs> So, so, so I've been doing like, like the, the exact opposite of what Matt's talking about. I, I've been like hitting the short break really hard at that point Oh yeah. um, with, with like, like riding the inside upwind on my backhand and Oh yeah. exiting the wave with that tack. Oh yeah. And, and yesterday I was able to um, That's a like, smooth move. well, well, yesterday I was able to kick out with that tack and continue that turn un uninterrupted into the very next wave. So, so like immediately, like, like not like kick over a swell, but like hook it into the next peak. And I was able to do that three waves in a row. And it was exactly what you're saying. Like, I was like the angriest, most intense person in the world for like, like the 90 seconds when that was happening. I was just like super focused, super angry. Um, yeah. High, high intensity. <laughs> It's cool though. It's just everybody's like got their stoke on. I got a buddy here. His name's Chris Musler, and I mean, he's a frother, dude. But I will tell you what, he talks, man, and he talks to you on the water, and he talks to you, and he yells at you, and he's always fucking fired up about every move that you make. Yeah, yeah. But it actually puts you on edge because it's like, dude, you're in the moment, you're figuring out stuff in your mind, you're actually just on a track and you're cruising and you're trying to figure out some like domestic problem and you're just cruising. All of a sudden, he comes like buzzing by you and it's like, what? You're like, dude, okay. <laughs> Yeah. actually, I got to focus on what I'm doing here. I got to make a turn. I'm like three miles offshore. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, no, it's it, it's totally cool. Like like getting in 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 your zone, you know, with a wingding. It's so funny how we were also negative towards it to start. I was one of those guys too, and I was like, you know what? I'm not feeling the sensation. What what what, is, what we gave it all these stupid names like dingo, dingbat, ding dong, wing on, whatever it was called, and now we just can't stop talking about it, dude. It's crazy because it's like. Dude, the language amongst dingers is so crazy. It's like 17, 17, 5, 120, 85 Oh mass, yeah, this and this and that. the one What size twenty. wing you got? Everyone How much knows have what that you is. how much have you shimmed it out? Oh yeah, exactly. How much what were you on? Like, give me the data. And now all these guys have these iPhone watches and they're like tracking these things and then top speed and sharing it with the crew. Um, and it's 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 going nuts, which is great. I'm a little I'm a little scared of the time that's going to come in the near future when the crowd when it, when when we're winging in a crowded situation because it's going to be chaos. I mean, there's so, it's a massive blind spot that wing just doesn't give you the visual like it like on a kite. You know, you can see Yeah. people coming. You can drop your kite. You go over the top. You go under the guy. Winging. I mean, twenty five guys trying to chase the same bump. It's going to be hectic. Yeah. You know, Yeah. so maybe, what do you think of that? Well, it's I mean, so quiet, is too. it ever You going can't to be hear bigger them coming. than kiting, though? Yeah. Can't hear them coming. I, I, I'm honestly going to say um, it's a, it's probably a little bit more expensive than kiting um, the, to, to get into just because of the size of the ding board. Um, but... Yeah, I think it's 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 easier. It's you don't need lessons. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's Um, easier. you need you need It's you need a couple of pointers, and you can get out there and. Sh 
Yeah, you're not going to kill safer. anyone on the beach, and the the places you can do it are like you know an order of magnitude more. I mean, like yeah, where, where the danger is gonna where the danger is gonna happen is like when you when you when you collide when you collide with that sharp foil, that's going to be the issue. You know. Yeah. Well, even just but we hope that people masses, are, people yeah. are smart and that before they make a real. Before yeah. they make a turn, they're going to go and just like look behind them or in front of them or lift their wing, you know? Uh, yeah, I've got better lift really in my wing. Much, but, totally. Um, That's all right. Me and Chris will be two miles offshore <laughs> paddling after a fucking wing. <laughs> Should have plenty of room yeah. out there. <laughs> so, so, so my new question with the wing, right? Like, I'm starting to realize that, like, like like prone like foils are really important right because like that efficiency like it is needed so like which foil you're using for proning hyper important right but mm -hmm. like i'm starting to realize like wing like everything's good right like small high aspects are great big high aspects are great like big low aspects are great small low like everything's great wing all right like i'm starting to question like like how much the foil actually matters winging like i want to go like 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 find like an old liquid force foil fish from back in the day and try and wing mm -hmm. it on that and like see how that goes because like that thing's a piece of garbage so like <laughs> if that'll wing like i don't know anything's fair game <laughs> well yeah. i i think to answer your question there it, it depends on the conditions that you're going into you know if you're going into a proper um groundswell wave swell that's five to six foot long and you want to keep up with that thing that you've got to get a high aspect fast foil just to maintain it to stay with it because it's traveling at 20 miles an hour um if you if you're going out in like a little cross chop or just a short chop like windblown thing an afternoon thing then you go with a much like more forgiving foil or a bigger high aspect if you want to get into it if you're going to go in like super light conditions um, you know, you're going to go with something that's a little fatter, rounder, you know, not high aspect at all. Um, you know, and like, if you want to go and play like where you like to play, like inside the inlet then Nick, you know, you put on something that's like really floaty, you know, that's like, you know, just has a lot of lift. You can put a small foil on and then you kind of do your little dance inside the inside there, you know? So you, I, it, to answer your question, I don't think you can use you got to figure out what your discipline is and what your stoke is. If you're chasing like bumps, like you got to have an a, array of foils, you know, like I'm always chopping and changing what I've got going on because it, I look at the conditions and I go, and you guys always say to me, Oh, I'm the light wing King. You know why? Because it's like, I've, I've, I've equipped my foil for those conditions. You know yeah. what I mean? I haven't just gone with like one foil that I've just left on there for the last month and a half, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> I, I, I guess what I'm feeling, and, 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 <laughs> I, I guess like the part of me that like thinks that like the foil might not matter as much, at least for me, is because like for me, winging is the same sport as kite foiling. Like it's not even a different thing in my head, right? Like, like because of kite foiling, I was able to just like jump on it and like do it day one and like for for me it was like mentally the same thing right and kite foiling like at least for me like the foil didn't matter at all i was riding like garbage foils like mm -hmm. like, like like literal like wings that like came out of the trash at force and like i glued them back together and like screwed them back together and like made a foil out of it and wow. Um, and yeah, and it, it just, it didn't matter. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to hunt out one of those old garbage foils and give it a try wing. I'm probably going to be sorely disappointed, <laughs> but I, I'm at least going <laughs> to give it a try. Um, you know, I remember, I remember like three or four years ago, you asked me for one of those original, like, like meat, low aspect lift foils, which I couldn't find at the time, but I actually found it. I should just get it and give it to you. <laughs> I, 
I mean, like, I'll I'll buy a piece of aluminum and, and make a fuse for it, and we'll be good to go. Yeah, no, you will be because it's so thin. It doesn't even look like it has any shape, but it's so yeah. funny. It's like it 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 worked, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think like you know, depending on what you want to do, it's like like Nick, you've got. I mean, Matt, you've got that ninety, you know, that you've never used yet. Um. I think on a really big swell day, windy day, like, you know, 25 plus swelly northeast session where it's like, you know, four to six to eight foot in the outside there, that's, dude, that foil is going to just perform for you on a, wow. on a massive downwinder. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I feel like I just because got a ways Because you're go. racing so fast and you have to, probably, but I'm like maybe five sessions to go. I mean, like the learning curve is so steep, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I feel like if like you'll get so much speed on those on those bumps that you'll be able to like start hunting for the next one when that one flat you know floods out you know. Well, um, and I mean, like it'd be interesting. Well, and and like and thinking about like what those small foil like the small fast foils feel like prone, like at least for me, like prone they don't feel much different. Like you're going much faster, but it doesn't feel as much faster as it is right because like you just have that extra speed and like it's not like 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 the only difference is you are going faster and like your speed range is higher like things don't and things don't happen like as as fast and it's not as difficult as i thought except for like the keeping the speed part like that's the only part that's difficult and with a wing like you got it you got that speed in your hand so I, I I don't know I I really want to try <laughs> one of those wings too. Yeah, for me it's more about just yeah I think I'm not I think, where I'm uh, comfortable yet at that speed with all that shit strapped to me. You know, even the thought of the 120 kind of scares me, but I'll get there. Yeah, I mean it's it's I tell you what, like dropping down a bigger wave, and I've done it here in Rhode Island, like in some of those hurricane swells on wings. It's Oof. scary, man. You don't want to drop in. You want to just hang on the top. You yeah. know, it's like, uh, and sometimes uh, like sometimes when we've, when we've done like, like point Judah to Newport downwinders, you're literally going so fast down these waves that you actually just let go of the kite and it's just hanging on your leash behind you. It's just fluttering in the wind. It's like, well, and then you bottom out on the bottom of that wave. And now you've got this massive uphill to climb and there's no wind in that trough. I mean, I'm talking about like a proper 15 foot swell, meaning, yeah. you know, not, not a wave, just the swell height, you know what I mean? So that like, there's no wind in that trough. So, um, you know, and the thing is like, we would go out in those days with a, with a foil that was just way too big and we couldn't keep up with the swells going. And then we wouldn't go out in enough wind to be able to actually get on foil quick enough to catch them. You know, so that was like two, yeah. three years ago where we there was a we were trying to figure that out. But I think we're all like going into this phase now where it's all just gonna start to come together for us. And then like the gear is gonna be like very specific to the discipline and what you're trying to achieve. And you're gonna be looking at a swell direction, a swell height, a swell period, and go like that and, and a wind strength, and you're gonna go, that's gonna be my setup. You know, um, because as you know, you can go with a much smaller foil when it's windy. You can because you just send it. But the dropout rate when you when you drop out, it's like you almost put your back out every time. It's like you weren't expecting it, you know. So it's kind of always it's kind of cool to keep changing stuff up. So you feel a different sensation all the time so that you don't get stuck on one feeling of a foil. If you know what I'm trying to say, you know. It's nice to mix it up. It's it's frustrating at first, but then you dial it in, and then you feel like, okay, cool. I've my 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 range is improving on the foil side of things and the yeah. wing thing. I mean, there's so many different wings out there. Like like for example, like the new Duotone units just don't flag out well. They just fly behind you. They're just flopping all over the place. And then it's like, dude, like last year's one wasn't like the one you have, Matt. Is like amazing. It just flags out. You can just park it there, and it's great. You know, I don't find it to be um, that way at all. The same with all it's, these different it, wings. It goes crazy back and forth. I have to hold it. If I don't hold it by like the handle, not the the handle on the leading edge. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It, 
I can't even walk down the beach for that thing. It just goes slams trailing edge to trailing edge. Um, but I, lo I love it otherwise. Yeah, and then and and then okay. No, upwind, upwind on that. But like the new, the two thousand and three one is even worse. It's like Oh, the really? canopy is so flat and stiff. It's like crazy. And then I just yeah, and then I just got a new F one Strike th third edition, and that thing is so the flagability of it. It just parks. It's like oh, thank you because <laughs> I've been on the duet turns all winter. And then I like I and then in Charles. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, just park off there, just sit, just hang out, you know. But then again, your upwind ability is different because it's a lot more of a balloon, you know. But I mean, so things are like changing. You got to like mix it up a little bit and change and try different stuff, you know. So Yeah. it's fun though. So what do you think um with that in mind like what are your goals going forward what are you actively working towards Oh, on the foil front, Yeah just to just to drop into some bombs, man. <laughs> yeah, I like it dude. yeah I, I, yeah. I really, dude. I mean, like, I, I'm I'm gonna call you guys up. Like, when there's a proper forecast for some great dinging, there's this airline called Breeze Airline flies door to door. Yep. from Charleston to Newport. It's an hour and a half flight. It's a hundred bucks round, round trip. And there are some outer reefs here that we have got to go and hit. I mean, you'll be like, whoa, hold on. We got Yeah. to go do this. Um, and like you go up to Maine, right, um, Nick, in the Yeah, summer. yeah. Yeah. So, so on that trip, like do me a favor this year, just transit through Newport. Like take Yeah. that, take that little detour. It's like 40 minutes out of your way, you know, Yeah, just it's not come bad. and hang out. And like, if there's a forecast and you've got the time, like, I just want to give you a little tour, you Yeah. know what I mean? And just show you what's going on. Um, proning, like I said, is give or take winging is off the hook and we don't have regulation up here with winging. They don't like kiters yet. You know what I mean? We've got these piping plovers in, in, in town and the beaches are busy. So like I say, with winging, you can jump off a rock, you can jump off a boat, Yeah. you can jump off, a uh, anywhere, you know, a dock, you know, anywhere you want to go, you can just take that thing, blow it up and like send it. If there's a little puff in the bay, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, yeah. so my, so my goals are, I don't know, man, just to get strong, just to ride some, some good, nice, open, clean swells and, you know, spread the stoke and hopefully people like keep, keep frothing. It's also good for your body. This like, it's really good. It's like no, no gym membership required. You doing Yeah. pull-ups and push-ups for a solid two hours. Every time you go, Yeah. it's like you, you get so conditioned and you'll be amazed at how quickly your body develops. You know, it's Oh, like I can already early feel days it. of It's kiteboarding. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like early days of kiteboarding when you just hang on to the thing and you weren't hooked in all the time, like you are today with the two line setups. I mean, I remember like those early days, like I would develop muscles. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's good for everything, every part of like your, your mental, physical health. This is a amazing sport. Get into it. Yeah, You know? dude. Hey, before we go, And, and, um, and we're definitely still at the point where, like, more people health. yeah, totally. Totally. Um, tell us a little bit about your crew up there and what you guys, Say again? like, you're, Sorry. So, so that bro, you bro. tell us, tell us a little more about your crew and like what your setup is for like when you guys do like a big downwind session, like how many guys, what are they like? Um, and what's the trip like? So we've got a couple of different uh, crews over here. We got the really... hardcore racer crew guys and they kind of stick to themselves and then they got like you know we call them the high aspect crew and then we got the medium aspect which is me and a couple of other my buddies and then we got the low aspect crew which are the really old timers you know Nice. and the, those guys kind of stick to themselves to you know so they don't want to jump off the rocks they want to wait for a, like a mellow day when there's not too much swell at the beach and they go um But I'll tell you what, dude, everybody's getting into buying vans now. They like realizing this deregging of
you know, at least, uh, Matt, you got your little minivan there and that's works great. You know, it's perfect. But like, if you have a pickup or if you Nick, you can just modify the outside of it to make it work. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crazy. I got this, you know, you got these bolts on right. But coming back online and I'll have to, I, I won't fit a foil. I'm like, am I actually going to drive this thing around? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> So our crew up here, so our crew in Rhode Island is like, it's pretty much down there. We're like just a little frothy, salty bunch. And it's like, we've got this little group chain going and everybody's kind of into it. Um, you know, it's just, it's different here because we got a lot, a lot of rocky points. You know what I mean? So yeah. you got a rocky point, you jump off it and you're into something, you know? So we've got two main beaches. One's like first beach and one's second beach. And then second beach is pretty much after Labor Day's banned to kiteboarding until the plovers leave and there's just no rules there's just too many rules and regs down there so that so winging is actually going to take over because we get so many more days in in a summer than a guy that like you can even see it down on folly like we get so many more days in like you know because it's like kiters only want to go when it's 20 plus now we 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 don't mind going with a tractor which is a seven meter whatever um in 10 knots because you can still get your stoke on you know what i mean um but yeah it's it's a it's a pretty mellow crew here you know it's like there's not that many of us yet it hasn't hit like miami or like or like jupiter or florida or or or, or maui but uh it's good that way like let's keep it let's keep it let's keep it that way and that's like what makes it tricky over here is on a bigger swell day you need these keyholes to jump in you need access because you know you can't just power through a shore break on a wing ding it doesn't Not work you're going to destroy yeah. yourself the wing and and yeah and, and everything and everything about you you know what i mean it's not like on a kite where you can just jump on the thing and like send it and like jump over it you got to actually get into some ocean clean clean water before you can actually rig up and set and go as you know you know what i mean so uh yeah it's great that's why i'm I'm keen for you guys to come and see it but i don't want to blow it up too much on social because it's like i want to keep it tame for as long as possible <laughs> yeah i copy yeah. that um so and also what, the, and, oh oh yeah, yeah. well I, I was just gonna say like you know i don't know it definitely echoes what i feel about maine like maybe just like lesser extent like maine's just like a little more extreme on like all fronts like like the beach access and like the beach rules and stuff like that are like hyper locked down in Maine. Like Maine is brutal. Um, just just because there's so little beach. Like all the beaches there are like small and like nothing. And like it's a little beach town where like every single person from New Jersey goes on like their summer weekend or like something like that. Yuck. It's just like 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 they're like all the beach towns are super defensive. Like hyper defensive oh. of outsiders and any non-standard activity. Um, so I don't know. It sounds like Rhode Island is like maybe like similar to that, but like a little less. Um, oh no, they're very similar to that. Um, and also, what we do is we have like a massive yachty crew that comes up here in the season. They come here from like June through September, October. And those guys are all frothers and they've all got this gear on there and they want to go somewhere and then they show up at the beach and it's just shut down because of the plovers or the crowds and they got nowhere to go. There's no yeah. for kiteboarding here now. I mean, it was, it's only changed in the last five years, you know, where the town's really clamped down on it, where they actually like are lying to the public and saying there's piping plovers there, but it's actually keeping the kiters away, you know? Um, oh yeah. And no, it's a real, it's a oh, real shit. thing, but, that's the beauty of this winging thing because you don't, you just can go jump off a rock. Yeah. You don't have to go to a crowded beach. You don't have to fight for parking. You don't need to pay for beach passes. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You just go find some like random little neighborhood where there's a rock and an ocean. Cause we have a lot of these um, like ocean access um, walkways that go through like really beautiful properties, but they've all been designated like from back in the day like you can literally walk through somebody's mansion but that's it's an ocean access yeah. and you can get to the rocks and that's and that's the beauty of it otherwise you know like all these well-off folk that live around here like they <laughs> just claim everything <laughs> so we've got these access points that we can just go down you just blow up your wing at the end of it and drop in and then all of a sudden you're actually offshore already 
yeah. and uh, you just and then you just downwind it down to some beach and then just crawl up there and just get worked by the seaweed you know we also have a seaweed issue here in the summer where it's like you know we got this weed that just fills the beaches it's like soup it's like red and uh, I actually tried to go proning like two weeks like a week ago and I had this beautiful little chip shot but as I got going and got going and I'd hit this weed I'm like oh man game over you know what I mean and yeah. then you walk out just stinking in this stuff. It's like, it would be nice to figure out how to fix that problem, but there's not enough flow in the bays to get it away. You know, it's spring. It's like pollen of the ocean. It's kind of weird. You need like windshield wipers yeah. for your foil. There's, a, there's, <laughs> a, there's an invention, everyone. Oh, yeah. And you guys don't really have this down there, although you do have those cannonballs yeah. i mean those things are are a full stop i mean dude when you hit one of those things at pace it's it's over you know oh, yeah. um but we we have this like eel grass here that just these long pieces of grass that just get onto your foil and then it's so irritating because in the bay because we get the sea breeze and like in the harbor where all the boats are you know there's an, an amazing sea breeze that come in and i built this pontoon boat and i just put a deck on it i got a gutted I got it a pontoon boat and put a deck on it with an outboard motor. And we just go and anchor it in the bay on some lobster buoy and just go and rip in the bay where nobody else is doing anything because it's 17 there and everywhere else is flat or I mean no wind, you know? Yeah. Wow, cool. Right on. So there's there's great little there's great little spots up here to do. And then, you know, there's the Boston crew that comes down and then there's like the Connecticut crew that comes down. So we're in the middle of everything. It's kind of crazy, you know? Yeah, uh, I guess that's always what I guess that's always what's made Newport Newport. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's like I'm hoping you guys at least sometime get a time to come up and check it out. I mean, particularly when there's swell, Nick. I mean, Matt, because I know you love to surf good waves. Um, you know, it's it'll blow your mind some of these points that we get, like when there's waves. You know, it's a little bit too heavy for the ding thing, and uh, but um. You know, the tow-in setup here is pretty spectacular too. Um, you know, if you get a ski and you go out there, but we haven't blown that up at all because every Joey and their mom's got a ski here and like, and they'll just buy a foil and think they've got this, you know? Um, yeah. But it's like my my foil guy that I go with, he basically is like, he's like, let's take a GoPro out. I was like, hell no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's keep it on the low down. Like there's a couple of out of, out of shoals out there that actually break and it's pretty spectacular. So, nice. um, but it's, it's all good, but it's like, it's great, man. I'm so glad you guys like all stoked as I am on this. Yeah, man. It's cool to have a crew like being a dude. A surfer, you, even when you have a crew of surfers, where I come from, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's, it's a different nice thing. <laughs> it just, it's just, it's just so nice to diversify. You know, it's yeah. like I saw something. I saw like something that Laird Hamilton put on the other day. It was on a boogie board, on a bougie board, dude. I was like, I, I bought a bougie <laughs> board. I'm gonna hit those like those little shoals that nobody can surf in the summer when it's actually flat, and you've got this perfect pillar on this little like reef. You know, so. I'm getting into that this summer too. It's yeah, surfing, dude. You know, I almost broke my neck last summer up in the Outer Banks doing that. So I'm a little gun shy, but I always love <laughs> getting a hundred uh, little barrels go, on the shore did, pound. Yeah. Did you go? In the, did you go there with your kids? Yeah, I was just messing around on the beach with the kids. I actually came out of like my fiftieth little one foot tube of the day, and this kid was standing in like shin deep water, and I like swerved to miss him, and um completely got inverted and slammed my head into the sand I, oh, my geez. neck's still fucked from it i'm pretty sure i came really close to breaking my neck yeah it was, it yeah. was terrible but yeah man whatever you gotta do have the quiver no, i know it's part of it you know it's all good man it's just it's so good i feel i feel so blessed to have had winging come into my life at the stage of my life because it's a new stoke and it's like it's oh, nice yeah. to be yeah. on the learning on the learning curve again you yeah know? and it's so cool to be like out on the ocean that's one of my favorite things about kiting is to be out on the ocean on like a proper six meter day and like you know i've we've all spent time on boats like it's miserable to be on the ocean and yeah. almost any size boat in conditions like that but then yeah. here we are we're out there and yeah. we're completely comfortable at peace with it and then winging is just 
you know, a whole other level of that, you know, the, the safety fa factors up, um, it just feels really good to get to experience that even in like a, you know, here we are, we're living in basically a metropolis and mm -hmm. we're out in the great wild open and then we can go on with our lives, go back to work. It's like, yeah, it's, you don't have to get on a plane and travel to the other side of the planet to find it. Yeah. The, the, that, that's hopefully what, I don't know, keeps making the ocean special. Um, you know, like I've, I've been doing the mountain bike thing and like, like land is an issue, right? Land access, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like, like it's like, it's like a continuous issue for that community is like, you know, like, like where's their cheap land that like we can like build trails on and stuff like that. And, uh, and yeah, like it's nice not to have the issue with the ocean. Yeah, I remember thinking that when I would, because I used to sail my sailboat by myself a lot. And I'm like, man, you can take all the tech in the world out here. But in the end of the day, you're kind of going back in time when you're out, out to sea. Like yeah. if that tech fails, you're, you're in caveman mode, like right away. And yeah. it's a pretty fucking hostile environment. Yeah. I mean, and, and not to froth on this whole wing thing too much. But you know, dude, when you when you guys <laughs> when you guys go on these massive downwinders, right? Like, you can just stop. Yeah, that's what I'm in like, the middle dude, of nowhere. We bring snacks. You, you can stop and bring snacks. You can bring a charcuterie board. You can like chill out. You can turn your wings upside down. You can lay in there. You've got an armrest. You can like enjoy the day. And like, hey, you're three miles offshore and. Nobody else is around. It's amazing. Yeah, you know? man. Yeah. Totally it's sick. so good. Just stop, take a little snack, carry on. You know, I mean, these guys in Western Australia are like doing these 80 mile downwinders, or 80K downwinders. Like, whoa. That's what the serious, fuck, dude. man? Yeah. We got to get serious about this. We got to do like cross the harbor. I mean, no, I think if you if you guys want to get serious, like the small little serious one would be like uh, North End to County Park at the back on the far end of Kiowa. But so, then, yeah, that's the, so you do, the shuttle setup just sucks for all that. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, and, and like it's the same thing that sucks about like 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 Maine is like 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 Maine was worse. Like like to get to like a spot like two miles away as the crow flies is like an hour and a half drive because you got to drive all the way inland like to i-95 and then like go up and exit and then drive all the way back out yeah the shuttle thing does suck for that kind of thing but you know i mean i don't know maybe there would be what would uber xl like pick up some gear <laughs> i mean yeah. also i i did that downwinder back in the day it was like me tucker john brown and like somebody else and we sent it from county park to north end of isle of palms cool. on a windy day yeah um and like sent like the cross harbor downwinder and we um yeah all just piled in like a taxi <laughs> It was did. free Uber. Yeah, and we all found a taxi and like got a taxi back. <laughs> okay. You know what? You know, you know what we should do next winter too when I come back down there, or you guys can do it in the summers. You know what we gotta do is we gotta go poach some of those like Panamax uh um container yeah, ships yeah, yeah. that come in the harbor there. Dude, we gotta go ride those Dude. like what they do in San Francisco there. Yeah. You know, it and, yeah. and they have a schedule like oh, yeah. like we can there's figure a, it out there's an app for like, that for sure yeah there's an app for oh, yeah. that <laughs> hey you guys we gotta wrap this up um, yeah let's wrap it up Christian thanks for coming on Stoked, oh man, man. it's a pleasure you, you, yeah just, hell talking, yeah you, you like answered all the questions we normally ask so that was great yeah, um, it was good <laughs> and thanks for listening everyone and Nick good job with your fucking language dude I didn't hear you cuss at all dude I think I, cussed, I think I cussed more it was still pretty clean <laughs> Yeah, I, I I tried to wrap it yeah. up a little bit. You know, I yeah. managed to stay off my high horse. <laughs> hey, dude. Well, I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bro, All right, dude. All right, I can't boys. wait, man. All right, see you guys. See you, Later. Man.